0: What's going on, it's Joel. You're obviously listening to the My Age Podcast, and I thank you for that. Uh, The My Age Podcast is a podcast that brings you conversations with people all walks from life using using music to plot a map from the early years to how they got to where they are now. Uh, First off, Happy New Year and whatnot. I hope whatever you're doing, you're doing well, Uh, keeping head above water and all that kind of jazz. Uh, Apologies for the little weird podcast at the end of December. Uh, I, I just ran out of time. Um, As I said, December's really, really busy for me. But to make up for it, uh, a mid-month podcast, mid-month episode even. Uh, I'll still be releasing one at the end of this month as well, um, which I'm actually recording this weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, What's news? I got given a bottle of hot sauce today as a belated secret Santa gift from a friend in Brisbane named Craig, who plays in a band called Deceased Estates. And it was a bottle of hot sauce called The Last Dab. Uh, It's by a company called Heatonist. And it's like a collab with a company, well, a YouTube channel, I think you call it, called First We Feast. And they're the guys that do the hot ones. Now, if you haven't seen the hot ones, after this episode's finished, go to a device that has YouTube uh, and Google search hot ones. And you'll see there's probably about 100 episodes up where they 100 interviews where they get people to eat different hot sauces and interview them my description is really lame um but it totally consumed me f- and still does uh for a long long time has for a long long time um and this is basically <clears throat> part of me this is basically the 10 out of 10 or the 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 hottest sauce that they do um to call a hot sauce 10 out of 10s sounds odd as as odd as that sounds because a lot of companies now say, "Oh, fourteen out of 10, 15 out of ten, or whatever." But um, well if you watch the res- if you watch uh, the episode, you'll see how brutal it can get. Uh, I recommend my favourites were the Ricky Gervais episode, the Action Bronson episode, and the Russell Brand episode. Uh, they're all fantastic. But again, with a hundred odd episodes, um, comedians, movie stars, movie stars. Actors would be a better way to put it. Um basketball players, rappers, um, comedians if I didn't say that already. I think I did. But there's gotta be something there for you that will tickle your fancy. And it's really, really interesting. Um hopefully the cicadas in the background aren't making too much noise and it's not shitting you too much, but uh this will yeah, you know, the intro will be over soon and we'll be on to the episode. Um Actually, something else that's totally consuming for the last two weeks uh, is a podcast called Blink 155. Now, before you hit the fast-forward button, let me explain. Uh, It's two Canadian gents who talk about Blink 182, or every song Blink 182 have ever recorded, and the reason it's called 155 is because at this point in time, Blink 182 have recorded 155 tracks and they do it to weekly podcast and I've listened to 24 episodes in the last two weeks since like January 2nd and on the surface it sounds horrible like I can understand that you think that and I think the two guys who do it would completely agree um that it's a horrible concept uh but they go really deep really deep with these songs like they spend an hour and a half an hour and 45 minutes talking about a three-minute Blink-182 song. Uh, It's fucking incredible. I think you should go check it out once you've watched some Hot Wines episodes or if you're driving and you need something else to listen to after this podcast, then uh, go check that out. Um, And with a bit of luck, I was speaking to the gents today, and with a bit of luck, uh, both Sam and Josiah, the two hosts, are going to be on the My Age podcast. So... That's something to look forward to. Anyhow, today's episode Doug Smith, an Australian hardcore stalwart. Um, no point in really giving you too much of an introduction because we get straight into it. This is great because it was a one on one podcast, like face to face, which are always more, in- well, you know, they're all enjoyable, but this one I think kind of face to face interviews always come across a lot better. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoy recording it. and I shall speak to you at the end. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. We've got uh, we're in a special hidden bunker tonight. Uh, it's a Wednesday night. It's really early in January. Um, I've got a good friend who I I was thinking about it today. I've known for about twenty years, but only many f- years. Many years. Only yeah. officially just met now.
1: Would you? Would that? I be- know we've met. at Have we? Uh, I don't know if you remember the rock ape in Canberra. I'm sure there was one of your bands or something, and I was there. I lived up the road. Yes, and I don't know how, but yeah, we said, "Oh, hey, hey, I'm Joel. Hi, oh, hey, I'm Doug." Hey. Yeah, and that was the only time before. That was it. Yeah. So,
0: like, well, this is the second time in about 20 years. We are
1: the we are the living embodiment of the beauty of online relationships it coming is, like, to fruition, personified. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And we were real, like, not to toot my own horn because there's nothing really toot about, but we were really early adopters. Oh, when oh, fucking IRC? no
1: one was it IRC.
0: Yeah, IRC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Channel Scar. <laughs>
1: Jeez, yeah. yeah. There's
0: a few of us out there still, yeah, but yeah. Just probably killed our street code.
1: But That's yeah, true.
0: Yeah. Um, people know I still like, like not like modern Scar, but st- people still wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if I put like a, le- I mean, not that they're not modern, but I made a mixed CD for my wife for yeah, this year yeah, yeah. and I put a lesson
1: Jake song on it and I'm fucking proud of it. <laughs> it off, so it's coming back. It it is. Seventh Wave Scar, <laughs> <Yeah>, 2018. <laughs> 2018. You heard it here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think if, I think... It was all about music, really. I think that's how we knew each other because all three music channels and talking. Yeah. And then we just bumped into each other on cyberspace. Again, like we just kept bumping into each other. Yeah, we kind of just kept on crossing back in and out of each other. Bombshellzine forum. Yep. Shout out to all the homies from Bombshellzine You know who forum. you are, yeah. yeah.
0: And then like <coughs> modern day incarnations of Facebook groups yeah. and whatnots. Yeah. Correct,
1: yes. What's up, Bing? That's it, one.
0: <laughs> Our brothers. Yeah, brothers indeed. So, Doug, I've heard many stories about... Stuff you've done, yeah. Yeah, let's get into them. Let's yep. let's talk about let's talk about where it all
1: began. Yeah. Where were you born? What were your parents doing? Uh, I was born in Canberra, and my father was a career police officer, and my mother was uh, generally she worked in the she was like a, a home duties or whatever the stay at home mum thing is called, and she'd done some other kind of admin work. Yeah. Yeah, for the government and stuff um so it was pretty pretty suburban pretty mundane nothing too crazy yeah, yeah.
0: was um was it now that now you've lived in a lot of different places yeah is it weird seeing a lot of people working for the government kind of as opposed to like in, suburb- in melbourne, suburban melbourne where you're yeah. fr- like where you're living now like there's a million different jobs where in canberra obviously there's a high population yeah. of people who work for the government and that kind of thing
1: i always Said when I was a kid, if I end up becoming a public servant and wearing brown and public growing a beard, what I was after. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kill myself because that enough. was not the path that I wanted to go down. I, uh, it's a very comfortable life, and I did spend ten years working in the public sector, the, 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 yeah, Commonwealth public service. But um, yeah, there's definitely a Canberra's a very um, safe suburban yeah. space and and pretty kind of uh, one dimensional. So the traditional career path, I guess, was come out of school, go into the public service, get comfortable and die, and uh, get fuck, your I time just, package that, and off you go. Yeah. yeah, that just was like used to scare me, you know. So, um, but I was going down that path, and uh, I was always doing bands and I'd, yeah and stuff. But I was always really wary of um, of, of becoming a, a, a Canberran, I guess. Yeah. The the stereotypical the stereotypical public servant Canberran. It's a slow death. Yeah. 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 Death by a thousand. Uh, paper cuts from the photocopier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: So, what are your parents? What were your parents?
1: Were your parents into music? Did they play? What's the? Um, you know, my dad wasn't really into music so much. Um, I guess he was a kind of guy that used music as a tool. So he would get up at say six o'clock in the morning. And uh, do you know Ravel's Bolero? Uh, it's famous from the movie Ten. It starts off really quiet. It's a really long piece of music. Okay. It Builds and builds and builds. So it would start off.
0: <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super soft. Yeah, right? and he'd have the stereo like cranked, and <laughs> so that like ten minutes later, the house would be da <laughs> and you'd be awake, you know, jolting up out of bed, going what the fuck, and and getting out. So he was like a super aggressive kind of super, I don't know, kind of. Go get him, guy.
0: Was it to get? Was it to get you motivated yeah. to get you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that like was
1: his plan. Whole house. We are now waking up. You yeah. know, the sun is up. We are up. You yep. know, do some push-ups. That kind of shit. Like he was uh, a, yeah. yeah. So there was that. He used music like that, and um, not yeah. He was not musical at all. Like he'd sing words with all the songs with all the wrong words and all that kind of thing. <clears throat> um, and my mum was. Oh, I mean, she bought me Ripper 77. Good. And, um, but really, her main love was Neil Diamond. <coughs> Took her to see Neil Diamond um, a f- few months back now when he came to Melbourne, maybe a year ago, and that really – she's 73 now or something, and that really made her whole day. I can imagine. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's, pr- oh, he's pretty boring. Um, I don't know. He's, he's got a revival at the moment Some for some reason – it's almost like that whole Johnny Cash. The counterculture is starting to adopt Neil yeah, Diamond. Yeah, take him on. Yeah. I got I got this rubber bracelet that said Neil Fucking Diamond on it. And I'm like, oh man, this guy's a Jewish entertainer from Brooklyn. He's Wait, not- from the show? Yeah, they from the show. Official merch. Neil Fucking Diamond. And like, and he's about seventy. he'd be seventy six or something now. But yeah. Jesus. So he's becoming counterculture in the states. Cash in on it, brother. Far out. Um. So she liked him, and she liked that guy. Julio Iglesias. Yep, yep. So she liked all... I think my dad was a real hard-ass and these guys were like, you know, real gentle lover types. Yep. And she's probably, you know, reaching out. Yeah. I, I <laughs> wish my husband wasn't a fucking violent copper. I wish, you know... <laughs> yeah. I wish he bought me flowers. Yeah. Yeah. So that was her kind of thing. Yeah. So I'd say I really got not much by way of musical influence yeah. from my parents. Yeah.
0: So brothers, sisters? No. Not only child? No, only child. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my dad had his sister from a previous marriage, but we never lived together or that close or anything. You yeah. weren't, weren't.
0: Did, was, she in, was she in Canberra?
1: <coughs> uh, close, yeah, okay. out, ec, out, outskirts. I think she lived in country towns outside of Canberra. Yep. Yeah, Braidwood, uh, Bungendore, Queanbeyan, that kind of thing. Out yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, so the Goonies, yeah.
0: Was there much, like, did your family play much music around the house besides obviously the, the 6 a.m. wake up call? No. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, or in the car or anything or? Not really, no. i got to say, it was a pretty musical, musically void the word void family yeah yeah i mean the radio was on and yeah um but really yeah there wasn't much by way of musical influence from my from my parents at all yeah yep
0: there you go yeah so like let's pick a song
1: the song is my dad used to walk around and i said my dad used music as a tool um it's uh god what's the guy's name i'm gonna struggle now um most people i know think that i'm crazy oh fuck uh yeah australian it's not the guy from um,
0: r- uh, water rats he did the cover
1: nah oh really there's a cover yeah um
0: guy oh it's gonna kill me oh i remember it well oh, i was just
1: talking about him earlier today um yeah oh, fuck. sunbury and all that kind of yeah thing. yeah, yeah. Like so classic mid-70s he'd walk around singing most people i know Think that um am cra- because most people thought he was fucking crazy, right? And I think he kind of liked that. He just played on it. Oh uh, yeah, he loved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His nickname in the police force was Chaos, and uh, he's a wild dude.
0: He's in in the mid '70s police world yeah. in Canberra. He stood above the rest and got the nickname Chaos. Chaos, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fucking insane. Yeah, that's gonna kill me. Who this Yeah,
1: we. The name, tip of my tongue, beard. Oh my god. It. Oh. We need, to, we need to get here.
0: Most people are oh, not. Oh, Billy Thorpe. Billy Thorpe and the my Aztecs. Dad, my yeah, dad yeah. is going to fucking shoot me. For not knowing that? For not knowing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely shoot me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was talking about it with my friend Pat today, like Billy Thorpe. Yeah, we're talking about it anyway. Yeah, we've got it. Yeah. We solved the mystery. There you yeah.
0: go. Yeah. And Gary Sweet did a cover. I don't know. Really? I'm sure it was Gary. Gary Sweet's an actor? Yeah. Yeah, he did a cover. No, no idea why I know that I need to get on my Google machine
1: and uh, hunt that one down hunt it down yeah like
0: it's you know it's an actor who has a crack at singing so don't expect much but yeah.
1: yeah so cool
0: there you go let's listen
1: okay
2: I'm wrong.
0: I'm surprised you didn't pick a song from your mum's side of the musical spectrum.
1: Oh, look, it's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's um, cool.
0: That's cool. Yeah.
1: No, I couldn't. I couldn't. Nothing that she. Nothing that she listened to. Ever struck a chord. Yep. With me. Yeah. Yeah. It's Understandably. All, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's all a bit too sugary or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't. Couldn't choose it. That's cool.
0: That's cool. So growing up in Canberra, were you a sporty kid or were you a like,
1: was music calling? Were you a bit of a troublemaker or all of the above? Um, you know, I I was did all the Cubs and the Scouts and all that kind of thing. Yep. Um, you know, wrote a BMX and probably... No, I wasn't willing really to organise sports or anything too much as a kid. Like, not in primary school. Um, you yeah, know, played soccer with friends and stuff, but nothing too crazy. No, I wouldn't say... I was kind of right into that kind of pseudo militant youth upbringing. The yeah. <laughs> we probably pleased my dad no end, you know, like doing the Cubs and Scouts and Army Cadets and that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Did you come around to that? Mentality is probably not the what, what, right word I'm looking for, but did you come around to that or did he kind of present it and you were just like, yes, I'm all on board for this?
1: No, I don't even think I thought about it too much, to be yeah, honest. Okay. I just kind of did stuff. But yeah. did you
0: did you rebel against it? in any in any
1: way
0: or you were just like you know like did you enjoy uh, not enjoy but did you adhere to the regimented like everyone's up at six and you know
1: I was always a bit uh yeah was a bit sneaky I don't know I guess I was I I drank started drinking really early um yeah yeah, at school and stuff so I was always kind of doing stuff behind people's backs that they didn't know I guess that's how I kind of develop this kind of covert side that yep. um yeah no, i was i was definitely getting up to hijinks yeah but still maintaining a front i guess yeah living a double life yes yeah
0: yeah so how were you listen, how were you getting music like do you remember past past your parents kind of playing that stuff around the house do you yeah. remember much like older brothers older sisters sorry you said just you only child but like mates
1: brothers and sisters and that kind of thing i think um countdown was Probably more of a thing. Uh, of course. Um, I, was at, I remember definitely one moment I really remember is being at a friend's house and we were just, uh, he had a brother and I think we were just mucking around in the lounge room and Jailbreak came on the TV and it was like those, uh, like an epiphany. It was like the heavens opened up and there's a light shone down on the TV and I was just like, shut up, shut up, shut up! Because I was just transfixed and... I just thought, shit, this is a defining moment in my life and now I know what I want to do with myself. Yeah, okay. And um I was real young, I'd know primary school or something. And um I think from that like I badgered my parents. I said, I need guitar lessons so straight away and go home. I need guitar lessons, I need guitar lessons. And um them not being very musical, um, mum said, Oh, there's a guitar teacher up the road and your father's I mean, dad know what god knows what dad had a guitar, but <laughs> um it's this kind of nylon string guitar i'm like oh cool cool yeah i want to do it I want to do it and so it was classical guitar yeah like none of them would have known there was any different kinds of guitar and i had no idea because i was just a kid and then, yeah
0: six strings and a shit, mesh yeah, so go. i'm
1: learning all this like classical guitar and i'm thinking all the time man this is not a c d c this is some something's <laughs> not right here so i stuck it out for a bit but yeah. um i think i did first grade of classical guitar and that was then i pulled the pin but yeah that AC/DC jailbreak i was mesmerized and transfixed and i was like, it
0: wouldn't it wasn't a film clip or anything or was it, it a was film a film clip, clip. It was, you it know was, the one okay. where they're out
1: in the like is it the desert or something and it's jailbreak and talking about you know singing about the guy broke out of jail and then get shot in the I back, shot the back and yeah, and yeah, like, yeah 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 it was yeah. that it was that not like, everything else on countdown i just didn't care for yeah and then as soon as that came on i was like kaboom Right.
0: Did you know who they were or you were just nah. sitting there watching it and went, what the fuck uh, is nah. this? after
1: that I was talking about ACDC and then another friend and his older brother had TNT and he taped it for me. Uh, and actually, the closest thing to the link my dad had to music was his best mate's son was the bass player from Midnight Oil and then I think I got some Midnight Oil stuff from him. Yeah. Then I was just... Uh, and then after that, my friend Adrian Piani, his brother was a punk and, like, early on in... Yep. Uh, and, We'd always be going through his records and just playing shit and just going, fuck, this is amazing. And like everything from Sex Pistols to Susie and the Banshees. And, and you know, it's a kind of how I found about Dead Kennedys. I think he had uh, Fresh Fruit for Riding Vegetables and all that early punk stuff. And like yeah. we were just tiny kids and we were just, you know, at first you're just like, oh my God, he swore, you know, like those yeah. Sex Pistols and stuff. And you just kind of, whoa, what the hell is this? And then I think you kind of listen to something that's got some heavy political stuff, like maybe Dead Kennedys, and you're like, holy shit he's saying stuff that you know we don't hear about any other way yeah and um yeah i think that was pretty influential as well that i never i did not even know if i met the brother but um yeah his record collection was super influential i guess See. yeah so let's go back a bit then yeah
0: would you say would you say like as your second choice would it be um jailbreak
1: yes yes it is <laughs>
2: Mine on murder, and the judge's gavel fell. Jory found him guilty, gave him 16 years in.
0: So, before we go on to the punk phase, yeah, um, like, was there, how, how did you dig deeper into ACDC or like, you saw that and then that was it, It like was really for a hard while. As
1: a kid, it's really hard to get the music, you yeah, know, unless your parents yeah. buy it for you or whatever, so, um, it was more like listening to older, friends, older brothers stuff. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, I had some Midnight Oil and some ACDC, but it's on cassette and I, would you know, it's... Not like you can rock down to the shop and buy stuff because you don't have money because yeah. you're like six or something. But um, <laughs> you don't have a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gone to those days. So I think um, I didn't really go too much deeper into music. Like I was a bit of a Kiss nut, but I never really owned any music, just all the trading cards and all that kind of thing. Okay, which yeah. are probably
0: worth squillions now.
1: I've got a whole set. I oh, do. You? Yeah. Do you know what they're worth? I'm too scared to look. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I need to insure them separately. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know.
0: Because yeah. that's where that's where collecting cards went went right. Like I yeah. I used to collect. Larry Johnson, who's a basketball player, yeah, mid-90s. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I've gone back down, like, just like, oh, I wonder what they're worth. And I've got all these Wolverine cards. I wonder what they're yeah. worth. And I just look at it and think, fuck me, I wasted my money. Yeah, Why right, nothing there. nothing there. Nothing Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah, Like,
0: But if you were if you were slightly clued in, yeah, like, a Michael Jordan rookie card yeah, is yeah, worth yeah, right. two grand.
1: Yeah, I know these, I know you Kiss Nuts. Yeah, they'll pay money. Love that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But...
0: No one got them as an investment. No, hell no. It was just like, fuck no,
1: yeah. I got it for the bubblegum probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And looking at mad shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking at dudes with big boots, uh, yeah, and long tongues. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong blood. about that as yeah, a kid. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> nothing
0: questionable. So so you, <clears throat> you, what, did you get, yeah, did you get much more, you didn't get much more into ACDC. Were they playing much more, like ACDC, did they start playing more ACDC on Countdown or anything? Or what's the... Like was uh, was it like a one and done until you got more money? Listening to ACDC or um,
1: I guess I d- was trying to follow music. I just all kids at that at, at that time were all hooked on Countdown. Yep, and there were the top ten charts at the end of the week was a real big thing to follow. Yeah, of course. But you know I can't really remember anything else in particular. ACDC or anything after that, other than just listening to uh, tapes. Yep. Yeah, I don't really remember much else sticking out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See. Yeah. So then from that, obviously, you got you started. You mentioned before you got into punk rock, and yeah, well, yeah. you punk rock was kind of on your spectral, on your radar. Almost. It would have been
1: from about grade five and six. Yeah. yeah. It was like pillaging the, the yeah the the records and just uh, every time we we were there, we'd kind of be going through the records and listening and yeah yeah and, and just, dubbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Having cassettes and stuff, but. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was really good. I think that was, uh, uh, probably a very informative time in music for me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think you're still young and you're still kind of being informed greatly by your experiences with music at that age. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what did, what did, um, chaos, Canberra's chaotic police officer think of
1: the Sex Pistols and Dead Kennedys? Because uh, well, it was on record at my friend's house. I never really had it around. Oh, okay, yeah, right. And he was not, like, uh, really that probably... We weren't that close. Okay. Uh, yeah, he yeah. probably wouldn't have a clue what I was listening to. Yeah. Um, yeah, really. Probably none of my parents... Neither of my parents probably really did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: D- what about your mates? Like, were they... Did they know they were under something that their parents w- would have n- not been interested... Like, would have frowned upon or shunned?
1: I don't know, because the guy lived with his parents lived with his family and i think no one would probably suspect guys in grade six of kind of being punk rock fiends and yeah. yeah 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 so again under the radar kind of stuff i guess that's it yeah i don't think uh and music wise i didn't really have that much at home you know just some cassettes and and that's it and also you get headphones people don't know what you're listening to they yeah. don't care your parents don't i don't know and
0: it's not like you can really just go buy a sex pistol shirt yeah, yeah, no, that like kind of can't stuff really didn't wear happen on your sleeve. way
1: later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't that cool. I wasn't like Harley Flanagan. And, yeah, and born a punk rocker. A kid, bo- yeah, whatever. born into it. Yeah, I was yeah. just a boring suburban kid. Really. Having <laughs>
0: yeah. what's the guy who did his forward of his book?
1: Yeah. Oh, Anthony Bourdain. Did no, he do
0: no, it? no, no. Um, someone did the forward when he was like when Harley was like twelve. He wrote that book. Oh yeah yeah oh god. Allen Ginsberg.
1: Yeah yeah yeah. 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 He no, didn't forward any I, books or anything. I don't really think. Uh, yeah, I knew anyone important. Yeah, yeah that's very yeah, enough. Canberra's not a very raging place for celebrity. Yeah, yeah especially in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. I did move around a lot. I lived in, uh, by that stage, I'd already lived in probably Townsville and Woomera and a few other places, maybe Sydney as well, yeah.
0: By by you being like <clears throat> 11 or 12?
1: Yeah, I'd moved around. I moved every couple of years. Okay. So my dad was super career hungry and would travel anywhere for a promotion. So wow, the whole okay. family got up and dragged all around Australia and lived in... Some of the less salubrious places to yeah, so we could get a promotion, yeah okay, yeah
0: so when did you did you end when did you end back up in canberra <sighs> or did you not go there for a, like for
1: a while? Um, times I'm, I'm not the youngest, and uh, everything seems to get a bit lost in the dim yeah, recesses of time I feel that. so sometimes I'd, we'd go from one place to the next, sometimes we'd come back to canberra for two years, then back to and out again, yep. so couldn't really tell you years. Um when I was I was in Canberra for a bit in a year eight, uh I moved to Coff's Harbour and um yeah, around that time I I guess I kind of really fell in with the punk scene around then and And
0: there was a there was a thriving of sorts yeah, punk scene in Coffs. Yeah,
1: yeah there was. And it was um yeah, it was pretty cool because Coffs Harbour was like a regional center. Yeah. And um You know when you get like small alternative scenes that everyone's, it's a lot more unified. Like it's not like you've got, oh, well, the 15 skinheads are over there and then then the Chaos Punks are there and the crusty Punks are there and the Rude Boys are over there. It was just like if you were something that weren't a surfer or a football player, you all hung out. Otherwise, you'd get bashed by sawmill workers. and Strength in numbers, yeah. Yeah, so everyone quite hung out together. And, um, you know, I was just floating around. I wouldn't say I was an ace face of the scene or anything, but... I definitely had, like, they were all my friends and I wasn't friends with people that weren't... In that clique. In that clique, you know, because yep. it's a real outsider thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a kind of conservative coastal holiday town and yeah. they didn't like people that looked different and, uh, yeah, anyone that was a bit different, yeah, didn't go down too well there, yeah. yeah you
0: can, I can imagine, yeah.
1: Yeah, they used to hang around the mall, which was, they blocked off the main street and put a mall in. There was this thing, the Rotunda, they put in the... They must have thought they were going to have brass bands playing in there or something. And because it was shady, we'd all meet up there and hang out there and they eventually ended up employing a security guard to, to kind sh- of try and shoo us on. on and yeah. stuff. Oh, man, man. I could tell you some stories about Coffs you You'd think I was lying. Um, I'll tell you because this is just so crazy, I've got to tell you. Go for it. The Coffs Arbor Advocate was the newspaper that came out like twice a week. Yep. And one day on the front cover was this headline, Mall Gangs Deal Drugs and there's a photo of us all on the rotunda. I'm not in it. I'm pretty sure I'm not in it, But, you know, the, the, that group, is. Yeah. we're all kind of there. And um, they said there were two gangs that existed in the mall. One gang controlled one end of town, or the drug dealing, and the, one, the other gang controlled the other end of the town. And one gang was called the Mutants, and they had dyed black hair and wore black clothes. And one gang was the Meatheads, who had short hair and tattoos. And that we used to fight for the supremacy of drug dealing in the mall. I was just like (laughs) fucking crazy. It's a good narrative. It's a cool story. It would be unreal if it actually happened. And uh, so the whole town pretty much fucking hated us, you know. And the police were harassing us. We'd always get pulled over and get... You'd be walking down the street, people would abuse you and stuff. So, you know, it was a pretty pretty tough place to be a little bit different around there. And um, there was a follow-up article, which is just as crazy that said... and It was written by so the, the oldest kind of punk dude there. His name was Lyndon Landrigan. And, and uh, his brother was a journalist. And he wrote the... I think he might have written that story. I don't know. And the next story was definitely by him. And it said, Do you know that movie, Suburbia? There's, I think it's Penelope Spheris. And it's about like a group of yeah punks that live on the outside of a town yep. and stuff. They said that we'd hired that movie from the video store and all taken a character from that movie and we're all living that character living that to be that... yeah. Right just so it's all just bullshit. It was just made up. So yeah, we weren't very fucking popular in the in the in the town. And we said so at, sc- at the school, um, we used to sit together like across, you know, it was really across all ages. So if you were like in year seven to year twelve, but you went to punk, we all kind of sat in the one area for protection yeah. <laughs> from from the outside world, I guess. And all the other groups would be kind of just based on years. Yeah. And the headmaster used to come around and if kids were naughty, he'd bring around and point to us and say if you don't start behaving yourself, you're going to end up like that. That's your future. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Cheers. Seems crazy now, but yeah, that's how yeah. it was. Yeah. I, and you, I understand when old punk dudes go, well, these kids today have got it easy. They'll never know what it was like to be different. You know, we had to go through a real struggle and now, uh, you yeah, they should move on. But yeah, I kind of get where they're coming from. So anyone that was a bit different had to hang out. Yeah. Down there. And we had like even metalheads used to come down from Metallica. Uh, from maxville sorry i got confused <laughs> but there's this guy his name is mick and he called himself mick Metallica. mick uh, powerful. that's what man. i heard the um f- uh, we drink in a park and it was just you know that was a good time and someone come from maxville thought that was a good time but they used to come down and um that's where i first heard the metallica demo and stuff and in cassette these dudes were big tape traders and that but yeah so it was Jesus. a regional center so if you look different from anywhere in the neighboring community you kind of came to coffs harbour to yeah that. To hang out, Long yeah. story, but yes, there was a punk scene in Coffs Harbour. That's ins- yeah. that's fantastic. That's unreal. <laughs> and, and people would go to Sydney on the train. So you'd what you do is you'd buy drugs cheap in Coffs Harbour and, and then go down, because the pot was growing everywhere, and so you take a couple of ounces down to Sydney, sell it at jacked-up prices, yeah. and then go to Waterfront Records, buy all the records, and then bring them back. That's so, so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, I don't know if good's... It's, uh, but yeah well, it happens. No, yeah. This,
0: yeah, the the action may not be fantastic, but the story <laughs> is fucking golden. <laughs> that's okay. yeah, a
1: bit of Australian history there. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: yep. it. I'm completely lost at where we yeah. so I now I'm so captivated by those stories. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: because I've had coffee and I'm talking too much. No, that's yeah. that's
0: what we're all about. <clears throat> so, on. okay, throw a song at me. What what sums up? I guess since you you know you didn't have a great relationship with your dad, so he probably wasn't didn't know what you listened to. Yeah, what was the one thing that you were like? If we could put it. If we could put a soundtrack to those days in Coffs Harbour of cots picking on us and the local rag riding shit on us, yeah. what was the one youth anthem you that kind what? of summed it all up?
1: I think um, the Sex Pistols were still... There was this bit where the Sex Pistols were cool when you were a kid and then there was this bit where all of a sudden they became really daggy because things had moved on. But I remember even playing soccer and travelling on the bus, the group was us would be singing like sex pistol songs and you know bodies is just the one it's got the fuck this fuck that you know it's just like i guess my mum hated the fact that she knew i listened to the sex pistols and she hated it and um yeah i remember listening to headphones and going to sleep at night she said you can't listen to that music when you go to sleep because it'll go into your subconscious and you'll (laughs) worship (laughs) the devil or something you know imprint your brain Yeah, yeah 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 and um but we used to sing sex pistol songs on the bus on the way to soccer games and stuff just to play inter regional kind of sport. So I'd say Bodies is the one that probably was the most easily kind of shocking um summed up the kind of whole fuck, fuck you punk thing yeah. that we had that was going on around that time, you know, is being a we don't want to fucking be part of your whatever world you've got going on. Yeah. It was the most kind of offensive and easily kind of grabbable so, yeah i've been waiting for someone to pick
0: this really yeah like at least, you
1: know do you know like they i got embarrassed that i like the sex pistols for a while because they i don't know they were like daggy kids music and punk rock had moved on and my god i can't believe they're a manufactured boy band but fuck steve jones guitar is like amazing yeah. like and really i mean it's just kind of you listen to it now and at, at the time of the world was going to end because it was noise and it's all anarchy and stuff you listen to it now it sounds like kind of like a hard rock You'd probably expect it to be on, like, a gold FM middle-aged man, kind of, like, which is what I am. Yeah. You, you know, like, it just doesn't sound like the terrifying threat that it was back in those days. No, nah, not at all, yeah. But Steve Jones, what a guitarist, and, like, obviously, like, Sid Vicious couldn't play guitar, bass, bass guitar, yeah. or kind of ever, but especially not in that recording, so he just played the root note on bass and just had that really tough, solid sound, and... um I actually, yeah, musically really appreciate it. I'm glad it wasn't too cool to listen to the Sex Pistols again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. What did you think of their, um, to completely diverge? Yeah. I remember when I first started to get into like alternate music and that kind of thing, mm. and this would date it, and I, I'm going to say it was about 95, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Was when they got back to, well, they got back together and did the Filthy Luca tour. Yeah, yeah. And I w- it always stuck with me that Johnny Rotten was like, that we have come together to take your money. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> as a as a person who missed the yeah. first wave, I was like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Take their money. Like yeah. I don't know. I like I don't get I you know at the time I didn't get where they were coming from. I just knew the music kind of thing. Yeah. What was your take when they came back? What was your take like the second time round? I'm real
1: funny with those things. Like I was probably too cool. Okay. Like I'm too cool to go to that. Yeah. Um I you know, I kind of wish I probably went now, just so I could have seen it. Yeah. But I've got this thing about seeing bands that reform, or a, a, and I don't want the memories ruined of what it meant, of what those records meant to me. Yep. And you know, I've been to a lot of those reunion shows. I've been to all those rebellion festivals where the old bands get together and play. And it's it's a real roll of the dice because if they're shit, I can never listen to those records it definitely again it. with yeah. the same kind of passion that I used to listen to them with. So it's half between I didn't want my memories ruined by seeing a really poxy version and half I'm you know I I was too cool for the to listen to the sex Pistols. go and see the Sex Pistols yeah Yeah. now I wish I'd gone just for shit I'd go up the road to see a band you know
0: yeah 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 Yeah. oh yeah I I've never I'll never say like if bands want to reform again like this is the 2018 version of my opinion not the 95 version yeah if bands want to reform go for it like yeah. who the fuck am I to say yeah you put all this time and effort in and then you broke up and then 15 years later after the fact but like I treat a lot of bands like I treat like I I treat a lot of bands like they were ex-girlfriends who we broke up with on like re- on great terms yeah and I just go you know what you do your thing and yeah. that's great like and I'll just stand here and like from afar and go yeah good on you kind of I thing. really like that analogy yeah, yeah. yeah I really I, like it's cool I use it with um I'll, I'll admit it. Not that there's anything to be ashamed about, but I like the Foo, the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I have the. I use that anal- analogy with them. Yeah, I used to love them, love them when they first started, and yeah, you know, like, I, I still remember my dad bought me, came back from the US, with the color and the shape, so their second album. Yeah, and gave it to me. Like, flew back from the US and said, oh, "I bought you a bunch of stuff, and here's this," and it hadn't actually been released in Australia yet, and I was going, "How fucking good is yeah. this?" But like as time's gone on, and like they're no longer an alternate band; they're yeah, a right. fucking classic rock band, kind of thing now, and yeah, whatever. It's like you do your thing, <laughs> and like, and I'll have yeah. my memories, and they were great memories, yeah. And yeah. I'll hold on to them really tight, and let a whole bunch of new people or whatever yeah. have the
1: same feeling with the new shit you're recording. P- yeah, yeah. yeah, that's very noble. I like yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. And but bands do it, like the the damned. Like they started off and all their punk stuff is f- fantastic, and then they started putting out the goth stuff, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is not my cup of tea. this band's really kind of gone a direction I'm not into, but yep. uh, yeah, you know, I was like,, oh, fucking those first records are untouchables, like unreal, you guys do whatever, you know, yeah, yeah, parted ways, yeah, yeah, and just to round out the story, I saw them a few months ago, and they were fucking brilliant, yeah, out here, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah they've come every they've come a few times, but um, yeah. I was quite ready to walk away after the first couple of songs if I thought that was going to be lame, but fuck, unreal. Yeah. Yeah. see Yeah. So do so
0: we? Do we talk about? Are we going to listen to bodies? Have we listened to it yet? Let's listen to it. If yeah, we haven't let's already, let's listen to it. I think we. Yeah. No, I don't think we have. Let's pump it. Let's listen to bodies. <laughs> Seriously, I've been waiting for someone (laughs) to say like, and here's like, I've been waiting for someone to say Sex Pistols. Yeah, and I was hoping that was the song they picked. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool because
1: yeah, I reckon that song still shocks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the subject matter, like yeah, yeah. The um, there's some things that are timeless. Yeah. In that, you know, nothing's too taboo. Like
1: you know, abortions. Yeah. Swearing a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, bodies. Um, so when I first I don't know where you were living when we first started conversing online in um, IRC and whatnot. but I know like when we first started conversing in my mind and you know I would have been I wouldn't have been overage I still would have been young like yeah. underage and you were like the dude who'd done it kind of thing <laughs> like you know you'd done a lot of stuff so like right, yeah. from were you playing in bands in coughs? Ugh. Like, well, yeah, when did you – like, that's how
1: I know. I Blinders. always knew you was, like, Doug Defense. Oh, yeah. And, like, that whole – I kind of dicked around in bands. By that stage, I picked up an electric guitar and I was teaching myself how to play from listening to, like, really basic punk, like Foreskins and, and, and just kind of obscure French punk bands and stuff. Yep. And um, I guess Oi is really good for that because it's kind of really dumb music. Like, it's, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty toned it's down. It's
0: aggressive nursery rhymes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's good yeah. for learning – and um, yeah, so we kind of played, had a kind of garage band there and we played uh, Coffs Harbour Mall, Battle of the Bands. Awesome, And awesome. some band came on, they were really, you know, could play, then we came on. And I think I chickened out of singing and the other guy chickened out of singing and this guy, Conan, who um, went on to form Vicious Harry Mary and a few other things in Sydney. Like he, he was in outside, even for us, he, was, he used to wear a monocle and a motorhead t-shirt to school and stuff and long hair he said oh, I'll sing
0: hey, sorry he was an outsider to the outsider yeah yeah because he so just turned good. up late yeah. and like, <laughs> he was like
1: shit we're all cooling into punk rock and you've got a fucking monocle on like your next level you know <laughs> not ironically no he, I don't know maybe he had hippie just, parents and he was just on his own path or yep. whatever but Piao yeah Turing. good guy and, that. Yeah. and um, yeah he said I'll sing and then whatever we played maybe Sex Pistols and just stuff like that and I just remember him ad-libbing and just giving this rant about repatriation for Vietnam veterans and stuff just a full like Jello afro kind of ADD style rant, and I, even I was like, "Shit!" And then they turned the power off on us. A oh, good, yeah, fantastic. So that was the freedom of expression there. But that you know, it was a good show. Yeah, pissed like, off the yeah. town. Yeah. And then they turned, then they fucked us off, and then um, put the next band on, who was like a Bon Jovi cover band. Good. Fantastic. <laughs> of course they were. Yeah. And then I snuck back on and did a solo version of uh, "I Want to Be Your Dog" by the Stooges, and then they turned me off again with the power. Yeah. That's so yeah That's rock and awesome.
0: roll did you did you try to sing or you just got on play oh yeah, no I know you're yeah, saying yeah oh yeah. did you really yeah
1: yeah yeah. i love that song yeah, yeah yeah i used to request it on this radio show all the time yeah i ended up doing that radio show as well yeah there you go unknown pleasure show chy fm 104 coffs harbour yeah That's 10 amazing. to 12 on a wednesday night so how long were you there for five years okay yeah, high school like from year eight to year 12 yep yeah and then I was uh, put on the train with $50 and shake of the hand. I live with my dad. My parents broke up and he, yep. he took, kind of took me out there. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then you caught a train, Sydney, Newcastle. Canberra. Canberra. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, cool. Back again. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's fucking fantastic. Um, playing Iggy covers and Sex Pistols covers, mm. What what prompted you to go, I can do this, like I can write my own shit?
1: Um, I wonder where I went from there I don't know I got kind of got really I was in a pretty destructive lifestyle and um, I didn't really do much by way of music uh, it was a pretty hard living kind of thing I ended up living in a government bed set and basically just uh, yeah being unemployed and yep. no future you know and then um, like bad things happened all around me and eventually I, I was always into hardcore as well as like the kind of punk and oi stuff
0: well let's talk about that because that's how like I, that's you know i think of you as you're you're the heart you're a hardcore guy you, yeah right you are like yeah i don't know that's i don't want to sound like i'm fucking blowing smoke at your ass but <laughs> like so how did how did you get into hardcore um, what, what
1: was the progression from pistols and iggy to yeah. agnostic front i think maximum rock and roll okay so like being living up in coffs harbor you you know f- people come back with stuff from uh sydney and stuff and you get maximum rock and roll Or I'd go to Canberra, visit uh, my mum and I'd go to Impact Records in Canberra and pick up Maximum Rock and Roll. And in those days to get records, you looked at the ads in Maximum Rock and Roll and then you had to send well-concealed cash or money order to this record label. So, And then you'd have to list, you know, I want this record, but if you haven't got it, then this record. Yeah. 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 So then you'd have to go to the post office and get American dollars or uh, the bank, get American dollars or money order and then go to the post office and send it off and it might take... I don't know how long to get to America, and then your records may or may not turn up, and then it would take months, and you'd never know if they were coming by sea and take three months and stuff. You never know what you'd actually get by the time they arrive. And I was just, I was kind of. That's uh, so, to me, that's so fucking
0: romantic. <laughs> like the whole, oh, I don't know what I'm going to get, and it's all <laughs> fucking lucky dip compared God, to now. Shit. It's just like click, click. Oh, yeah, click, click. yeah. It's, but definitely that's, sorts out
1: the wheat from the chart. Yeah, like that's... If that's, you're a true fan. Yeah, yeah, but that's
0: like rose-coloured fucking glasses. Like, that's, you know... Ah, that's just how it was. I don't. Yeah. Th- you
1: know, you didn't know any better and it was just kind of cool. But I was definitely... You know, I was into the Oi thing and I listened to a lot of stuff, but, you know, the Skinhead thing really got me. And then I'm kind of looking at these dudes, like Youth of Today with shaved heads and all that, and they kind of... It was something really different. Uniform Choice is another album with they had the shaved heads. And I'm like, oh, these guys are like... It's kind of like they're real staunch and shit, but it's not kind of traditional skinhead stuff. And I've just got to investigate it. So I, Agnostic Front, my friend Paul I was talking about. Four got me into Agnostic Front and Chrome and stuff. So I was kind of into that stuff through him because he was like into a lot of metal. He said, "Oh, you probably like this because you like all the oi stuff."
0: Because, because all, all the Agnostic Front guy, well, all that, all the New York hardcore scene were watching a lot of metal bands as well, and like yeah,
1: it's like they they kind of had the, a weird interpretation of skinhead via. I don't know, their American version. And then – but, yeah, the metal thing was big there as well. So yeah. they had this – they had that whole crossover going on. And then – so I started just getting stuff sent, you know, and checking it out. And I was like, holy shit, this music's like fucking crazy and they're not kind of nihilistic. They're quite positive. And uh, it just kind of blew my mind. I was really yeah. kind of um, intrigued by it. So I was kind of one of, – I guess a lot of the punks – we're so British and European-oriented that they wouldn't listen to the American stuff. Yep. And then, I mean, I guess it works the other way. Like, a lot of the hardcore dudes just wouldn't listen to any punk rock stuff. Yep. But I think I followed the progression pretty much from through the punk rock to the hardcore scene. So I'm, I was probably pretty early on in that. And probably, you know, my records are probably worth a lot of money because I actually got them at the time. Yeah, first pressings. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's how I got into hardcore, mainly through just buying, like, continuing... I guess it's real easy to fall into a trap of not, well, I've got the Foreskins, I've got Last Resort, I've got whatever, I don't need any more records. Or you keep buying records all the time and exploring. And I guess I was just always exploring music all the time. And um, then I I just kind of got on that early hardcore kind of thing through, I'm going to say Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And who was selling it in Sydney? Like Waterfront?
1: Yeah, it's got to have been Waterfront or something. Yeah. I think most of the... Alternative record shop stocked it. It was such okay. it was just such a mainstay of musical information that you know it's kind of I don't know it's kind of hard to believe now that a fanzine could be that big and have that much influence.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, so how long? Because they were they were they were dated like um, whatever month. Yet. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. like, w- if you
1: if you brought one in January. Oh, they could be yeah. yeah. By the time they, if they arrive, email you know, it'd be three yeah. months out of date already. Yeah, yeah. So that's why your records either didn't turn up because the label had folded, the guy lost interest, or whatever the record had been or sold they just out. Went, eh, yeah, just went, yeah. Keep this guy's cash. What's this guy gonna do? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, exactly. He's
0: gonna fly over here and take my
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean I got some funny stuff like we went to revelation to get uh, youth if today t shirt and um, some seven inch, and what they sent back was this. I, when It was when uh, all the straight dudes were wearing the oversized T-shirts and it was bright yellow and it said, Youth of Today, go vegetarian with a picture of a cow. Good. And I wanted the fucking one with these angry shaved heads. Yeah, screaming. the live shot. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then they sent me a quicksand 7-inch and I was like, this is shit. <laughs> it was just post-hardcore, it kind of just kind of kicked in. and yeah. I, I think I frisbee that, but Yeah. Yeah, you never knew what you we were going to get, really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I sent awesome. money off for the Agnostic Front Skinhead T-shirt from one of the, oh, uh, maybe it was Liberty and Justice LP or something, and it um, just never turned up, like the guy just fucking, yeah. So, yeah, it was a hit and miss game. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Hmm. When I was a boy. Yeah. 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 We wore an onion on our belt.
0: So... Moving to Canberra. Mm. Sorry, did we get into how you played? No. So, uh, moved to Canberra. Yeah. Playing original music. What uh,
1: prompted it? I, I did an oi band with this guy, fucking huge, skinny guy called Pete Madden, and that we used to rehearse in the dudes from Armored Angels house. And then that almost kind of got up and running as a band. And then something fell over, like he moved or something, and that never got kicked off. And then I essentially kind of just kind of gave up, or Drinking and intoxication and whatever and um,
0: oh that's right sorry you said yeah you said you're going through a rough a bad patch. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: sorry so like yeah my friends started kind of getting really badly fucked up and uh, so I thought I'd better do something and um, and I think I put, I put like ads up in the L- Impact Records local music thing like uh, I was really keen to do something hardcore instead of oi and um, yeah f- influence Agnostic Front Chain of Strength Today, that kind of thing and like that ad didn't really get me anything but. This guy I know said, oh, I know this other guy, his name's Tomo, who's really into that stuff. He'd like to do something. And um, Tomo was in a kind of similar situation uh, with me where I think he probably needed to do something with his life to kind of fly straight a bit. And um, we both ended up becoming straight-edge dudes at the age of, I don't know, 24 or something, which is kind of probably seems real old these days for straight-edge, but straight-edge was, no no one was straight-edge in Australia at the time. Yeah. And I guess we were straight edge out of like hard living necessity, rather than yeah, rather than just being some ADD kid who can't handle his grog. You know, we're, <laughs> we're kind of like yeah, it was almost like life-saving for us. Yeah. And, um, yeah so before you go on, yeah.
0: you, did you like you're in Canberra? Yeah. The population's not that big. No. Were you just 60, or something were like. you just like out of the loop with the punk slash I guess the punk culture down there. That you didn't know Tomo, or was Tomo living somewhere T- else? Tomo or? was
1: like, yeah, he, he, he was, I don't know, I guess he, I would have seen him around at shows. Um, He's kind of into the metal scene. He's one of those guys that was into metal but also punk and then kind of drifted more into the punk and hardcore yep. kind of side, whereas I was at Skinhead and kind of, you know, I guess we just moved in different circles and, yeah, th- for and sure. stuff. <clears throat> and um, so we just ended up getting introduced and, you know, he I think the first, so we started a band and we had this guy Tim and Noro so we got together and i think the first couple of songs we did was probably chrome we gotta know oh good and a few things like that um so me and Tom I were kind of into the strategy thing a bit now the dudes are just into general hardcore They love brutal truth and a few um you know, a whole bunch of different stuff and um so we end up like tim i think tim got evicted or something and we still knew how to break into the house so he's the Break into the house twice a week and have band practice. The Statue practice. of
0: limitations will and truly over. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. We can say <laughs> that now. So we used to,
1: yeah, this old house that he used to live in. We kind of used to break in and practice twice a week there. So we, we got kind of because of all that continual practice, we got kind of pretty tight, pretty quick. Good. And then um, I think we started playing not too long after that. And I'd kind of pinch some songs from the other bands I was doing with that Oi band. And we kind of they just got faster, you know. Yep. yep. Yeah. So we t- kind of got up and running fairly quickly, and that was probably the first i think of a big band i know I, I know you're gonna laugh at this but i know i um emceed in a ska band at one stage like yeah wait <laughs> wait
0: tell me about what do you mean by emceed in a ska band well you know
1: you know like a like, you know, dancing around and then I sang an odd song and you know, was the dancing dude and stuff. So
0: you're <laughs> like you're
1: like the pork man. Chaz Chaz Smash from uh Ma- from Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, yeah. I, I was, went I went like man. seventh wave <laughs> you went second wave. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So I did that for a bit. I can't remember when that was, but that might have been a bit before. Yeah. Tell me there's video footage of that. No, I don't Fuck. think so. Um, what was the band called? Oh you know, laugh. It was a Scar-Soul crossover band called Air Cushion Soul.
0: Like a Dr Martin yeah, reference. But
1: yep. Yeah, S-O-U-L, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like Bouncing Souls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did that somewhere in between. Because uh, I also, on the side, I dj Scar and reggae and stuff yeah. like that from the whole skinhead thing, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so I've got a kind of pretty, I guess I had a fairly broad base, musical base ranging from, I don't know, reggae to punk to hardcore and some, you know, ACDC and stuff in between. Because you, yeah.
0: were, you were one of the first guys that I remember, like, again, back to the IRC days. Yeah. That was, like, obviously looking back, it was a thing. But you were the first person I remember saying, yeah, like, I like Scar, but not like, you know, not like Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. I like proper Scar. Yeah. But I also like a gnostic front. Yeah, yeah. And I... Since I it's broad. Yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, and I'd be like, I, I don't... Like, I guess it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's obvious it's okay to do, but I, I just didn't get... The like, links. Yeah, the links. But obviously looking back and, you know, yeah. getting deeper, like, deeper into understanding music, it now makes complete sense. Yeah. But, like, back then I was like, that's so weird. Yeah, Like, yeah. like It how, kind of is, you know. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and to me, like take it a step further, well, if you like Scar, and you like hardcore then where does no effects sit in it? Like, do you, like, you know, and obviously you didn't like no effects, but that was my, to me, that was the big question. Like, they're there, like, they sit in between, but like, how have you, in my mind, you'd kind of jumped and... Skipped it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't fit in that scene at all. Like, as in, because it's a different kind of scar, but
1: yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing didn't work. A lot of the Scarcore stuff, I didn't didn't really like. It's, uh, I thought those streams were good separately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So... What was the band called with tomo
1: forward defense okay it was yeah. Forward defense like yeah. that
0: was that was the original when you yeah. guys first got together that was
1: forward defense from the get-go yeah yeah that's right i think we sat around and we're trying to come up with a name and i was a massive toe-to-toe fan. Like, toe-to-toe with a first kind of real hardcore band i guess that i ever saw um you know for australia though early early on you know they Depends what you call hardcore and where you draw the line and that. But for me, yeah. they were the first Australian hardcore band that I really kind of at least related to. I used to go up to Sydney and watch them. And the shows were violent. Got heaps of fights and stuff. But um, they played in Canberra and, and stuff. Um, yeah, so we're looking. I was like, oh, I wish I had a name like Toe to Toe, you know. So it was a direct ripoff of Toe to Toe. There you go. Is that a – comp- <laughs> like do people know that or is nah, that an exclusive? Probably not. That's an exclusive. Well, look out. You can have that one. Thank you. I'll yeah. take it. So the whole forward defence thing was kind of like, Kind of because I wanted a name like Toe to Toe, but it was already taken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a
0: fantastic name it and I, what a band. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've talked about it many a times. Many a yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you then moved from Canberra to Sydney, or, or did you bypass nah, Sydney and go to Newcastle? Stayed in Canberra. That's so forward right. defence went for a while, Sorry, yeah. but we
1: played in Sydney more than we played in Canberra because yep. um, maybe the people were there. I don't yeah. know. We almost we yeah i'd say we played more in sydney than canberra um just because it had the had the venues and the population and the other bands to play with and stuff we did play in canberra a, a bit but really we were kind of like almost adopted by sydney i guess yeah and we used to play in Wollongong and newcastle the other couple of places we'd play a lot as well so our weekends were like jumping into Noro's station wagon and he was a furniture removalist and he could just f- make stuff fit just a tetris wizard yeah yeah so we'd be we'd have you know we had shitty gear and yeah it's not not like the kids these days yeah. but we we had like um shit instruments and stuff we thought I'd kind of jam them into this station wagon and drive halfway across wherever just to play but um yeah so we got around and out a bit so yeah it was almost like i lived in sydney for a while yeah
0: yeah so what was the band we were talking when we were previously before as we we're talking about organizing the podcast yeah you were saying how you had band practice somewhere and you travel four hours for band practice oh, for the so weekend what so was that
1: link? Ford Defense, you know, I don't know. You sometimes end up becoming like a brother or sister band with another band. Okay. Like you yep. end up becoming friends and you play together all the time. You like each other's music and you kind of end up having this symbiosis with another band. And that band at that time, towards the, it was kind of towards the end of Ford Defense, was Arms Reach. Of course, and that's fuck right. Fuck me. Yeah. They were so good, so good. Especially in the early days, they were mind blowing. And. Um, Shout out Luke Dolan. Yeah, Luke. I listened to your interview yes yeah it was really good too yeah. um so they needed a bass player and i loved their band and they ended up asking me to play bass and i was chuffed and i and you know because i like all the people in the band as people individually and stuff it was like not joining a band it was like hanging out with friends yep and um you know those dudes were pretty except for squelchy i think they're like they're all pretty much straight edge And um, going to visit them was, like, cool as hell because they'd be doing positive things, going to the beach and eating nice food and stuff. So it was almost like a little mini holiday going up for band practice. But I I was working for the Department of Defence and I used to finish on Friday afternoon and then I'd catch... I must have caught a bus to the bus station to catch a bus from Canberra to Sydney, which was four hours. Then I had, like, an hour or two wait in Central to catch the train from sydney to newcastle which what's that two hours or something i don't know yeah easily two hours on train yeah so then i'd get into newcastle on friday night then we'd have band practice in newcastle on saturday and then on sunday it'd be the opposite way you travel oh. six hours or whatever back to canberra but Heavy. um yeah no it was it was cool it was cool like if you love it you know it, yeah it's cool and um so, yeah, I used to do that. I did that for a while and that originally it was only for one tour to kind of get up to speed to play a tour and then that kind of ended up, I think that was a Melbourne tour. Yeah, it was. And, um, yeah, that was cool fun. And then um, I pl- ended up playing more shows after that and eventually they got Polar, I think, came after me. Jamie Hay was the first bass player. Okay, yeah, you yeah. Know, now he's doing, what, Acousto, Beard Rock stuff now. E- that and Post Truth. And he's now married to Christy from uh, Arms Reach and they've got a kid. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it all kind of came back full circle for yes. Um Have you heard Post Truth? No. I'll have to send it to you. Will I like it?
0: Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. But you
1: probably won't. Yeah, so that's how I ended up doing Arms Reach. And shit, after that, <laughs> I went from Arms Reach to the Blurters because they, they needed a bass player. And so Arms Reach, you know, they kind of went pretty... Kind of that PC thing got pretty big and they got pretty political and then you had the backlash, which was the blurters who were like yeah. anti PC and stuff. Yeah. So I basically pinged around from forward defence to arms reach to the blurters. It was just like going from one extreme to the other, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like
0: that's that's you, like you, you cover you cover many spectrums if that makes sense. yeah. Like, you
1: know. I'm a complex person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We layered like an onion. Like an onion, yeah. I'm much like an onion. Yeah.
0: Ripe. Yeah, very. Mm. So let's pick a song that yeah. kinda,
1: what sums up? I'm gonna go here with uh, Agnostic Front Crucified. Yep. Only, I think because it kind of has the whole skinhead thing crossing into hardcore. And I think at that stage, I was kind of really into oi and hardcore. And I think that's just a nice blend. And I'm a huge Agnostic Front fanboy. I've got Agnostic Front tattoos. My dog's name was stigma rest in peace Stigma. number plates yeah ag frnt and yeah i don't know, so i'm a fanboy. not on that car not on that car yeah, yeah yeah something more discreet yeah um yeah so that's why i'm going with agnostic front played with them a few times played yeah like stigma really looked after us in new york I, uh, then yeah that's another story but i went to new york with marching orders and we played and stigma looked after us and it was yeah so so surprised. the band just went to new york uh we went to this is marching orders yeah yeah yeah. we went over to the states to, uh, i've been in and out of that band like okay. i'm a kind of filling guitarist when they right yeah so i've recorded on some recordings with them and other times i've played the songs off other albums so i've tu- like so we toured europe and, and america a couple of different times I've, yeah I mean, a couple on two different, once in america once in europe um and we played an Oi! Festival. At, fuck! If you want to hear crazy stories, Oi! Festival. Laid uh, on me. <laughs> I've got all the time in the world. Don't you <laughs> worry. Oh Jesus! No, it's, it's huge. Anyway, we played in this. We went for this Oi! Festival in Pennsylvania. Was it Pennsylvania Pennsylvania? Whatever, some steel town that was uh, sh- dead. And yeah. We played this Oi! Festival. We went because New York's the nearest place. We went there. I stayed. I oh, really, was really keen to stay in the um, Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. And then we played... <laughs> we ended up playing this show. The venue fell through at the last minute. And we ended up playing in a tranny bar downstairs. Lucky Chang's or something. So, upstairs was all these trannies. And downstairs were all these, like, skinheads and stuff. It was, it was nuts. And there were these two French guys that wanted to fight everyone down there. Anyway, America. Yeah. And then, yeah, this festival... Like, we got there and they said, oh, you can play now. And it was, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And we're like, dude, we didn't come here from Australia to fucking play at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And it was our guitarist, Phil's Honeymoon, and he was in a hotel miles out. We said, even if we wanted to, we can't because our guitarist is miles he, away. He married a
0: girl. Yeah. That was like, yeah, on your honeymoon, you can go tour. Yeah,
1: yeah. Dude. I know. That's fucking... They broke up. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go.
0: And, um, That's amazing on her behalf.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, her mum's... I don't know. She knows all the old Australian musicians. I think it's in the blood, of okay. her family. Yeah. Um, so that room was like half full of white power skinheads. They were obviously white. You weren't allowed to wear political stuff. And oh, this is the this is the, the festival rule. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The town's a shithole, and um, oh fuck. The, the promoters said, oh you've we've got your rooms at the whatever fancy hotel right next to the venue so we go to the fancy hotel and they say oh no we haven't got a booking for you good Ring fantastic. up the promoter he put us in this place called the trailer inn 15 blocks down and um fuck there was lines of coke left in on the table condoms falling out of the toilet there's no locks in the windows and it was the ground floor There was hookers in the foyer it was this sh- uh, shithole you could rent it by the hour good. so we got gypped straight up then they want us to play in the afternoon and the place is like half full of Nazi skins and half full of these look kind of Latino looking gangbanger skinheads. And they didn't uh, they didn't have pass outs and it was hot as fuck. And so everyone's drinking beer in glass bottles, and the beer, the oh, bins it's just are over. Yeah, yeah. It's just a recipe. And like you could just tell it was gonna be a disaster. All I did I was just, this sucks. American oil bands on the whole just fucking suck. And all these people suck. And I just went around and grabbed all the merch I wanted to buy and said, fuck dudes, I'm out of here. I'm going to walk the 15 blocks back to the trailer in and just fucking get away from here.
0: So you, this is after you played?
1: Yeah, yeah. After, sorry, after we played. Yeah, we played, it was all right. And then um, it ended up turning to a riot and a bottle fight, like the room just divided in half and all the kind of Nazis on one side and all the like, everyone that wasn't a Nazi on the other side <laughs> and they just yeah. turned, the riot police came and shut it down. It was the, the Skins were going to play later and, they, and they, got, they couldn't play, they had to play the next day. But yeah, anyway, that's what we went for. And, uh, there you go and yeah. so the t- your tour was based around that yeah yeah Acti- yeah so that was america
0: and marching orders play with lars frederickson
1: uh, no uh, old yeah. firm casuals was yeah it? old firm casuals in england yeah yeah a couple of years ago so we went and we did different uh, tour different tour yeah, yeah. so there's a different album and they had um they had a different album I was on contra in Europe, and they organised the tour. So I think we played at Rebellion Festival, and then went up to uh, Amsterdam, and then through the, kind of the top of Germany, and popped out in Prague. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that was that. And we played with Old Firm Casuals in Brighton. Yeah, and uh, I think they were also at Rebellion. But yeah, that's a, everyone's at Rebellion. Yeah. yeah See. Yeah, he's a nice, d- and like we met Lars, and that. And I don't even like Rancid, I felt bad, but um, he's a nice dude. Yeah. yeah. He's a good dude. Shout out if you're listening, because I know you won't be. But yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, legit dude. Music fan from hell. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I can yeah, you can imagine for real. He already had
1: all the marching order stuff. Like oh wow, he already knew it all and had it all. Yeah, yeah. He's he loves music. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's refreshing to hear that. You know, even at that level,
1: they're still. Oh, like I met Paul Barrett from Sheer Terror, and he's like. Oh, I'm really sorry, guys, but, you know, I didn't buy your records. I downloaded them. I hope that's okay. And I'm <laughs> like, fuck, who cares, man? Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, even, you know, all those dudes that you think are kind of untouchable and above it all, they're, they're just music fans like everyone else, That's you exactly know? right, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I guess, how you tell good people from bad. Yeah, yeah
0: it's a good, um... It's a good... Barometer? Yeah, barometer's the yeah. perfect word, actually. Yeah. yeah. Sick, crucified. Yeah. Any particular version, like,
1: live version or... Oh, uh, wow. I you know live at CBGB's was a fucking perfect album um that's really great and it's short so that could be cool but yeah. I don't mind what's it was it on liberty and justice I mean that's a great version as well but what if I said live at CBGB's just because that album is a, a fantastic live album? it's a fantastic live album the second one's good but the first one yeah it's fantastic let's do it cool cool <laughs>
0: At CBGBs, did you ever, did you go check it out? Did you go see bands there? Oh w- no, it was closed by
1: the time we went there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we went. I think we walked past the shop, and it's a menswear shop or something. Yeah. Like it wasn't even worth looking in the window. It was gone. I went know? in, and it was fucking. I, I did, yeah, and it was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, I think we walked on the other side of the road. Didn't even cross the road. Yeah, and we just went. Oh, that's where it was. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Keep walking. Yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. It is pretty sad. Yeah. But life goes on. That's change. it. Does that's, that's changed? That's
0: that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, fuck, I guess there's a... Ju- well, you know, what are you doing musically? Uh, now musically?
1: Now, so I did a band called Bulldog Spirit in Canberra after oh, Ford Defence, Of course, right? yeah, yeah, And that was like an oi hardcore crossover. And I kind of... Actually, before that, I did an oi band called Death Before Dishonour and I think Jay Blurter released us on something. And that was just really povy. It was just like the three skinheads in Canberra that couldn't play got together and punched out some songs yeah. but it, you know it's enjoyable and like some people really like it it's pretty rough and ready but and then yeah uh, got together with uh yeah cosy and dean and um friend adam who could really play guitar and we did um, bulldog spirit so it was like you know like i was saying i like both like the oi and the punk and the and the hardcore and it was like a real blend of the of the two and i was singing in that and we had now out in italy on this italian record label and then that got repressed in germany onto vinyl and that kind of went pretty well around the world because of the tape trading and and that european stuff and then we never really went anywhere we just same deal you know played sydney and i don't even know if we played the regional centers but um so it's pretty cool that a
0: band like a band that's not massive in its own country yeah can still get traction with no live shows but just like that inbuilt sense of there's a new band I'm going to buy it. Like it's all, it was tape traders. It was
1: completely yeah. tape traders that okay. did it. And I, don't, I guess people don't really do it now. They, I guess they upload MP3s and swap stuff that way. But in those days, it was still trading physical tapes and posting them around the world. Yep. So, yeah, a few people... Uh, did you ever get into it. that? Uh, not, not... No, not like... There's some people that really were almost pros. Yeah. Like, they had a the, the really good setup and they had pen pals all around the world. Like, if guys... I... New and I thought they should listen to something, but not in terms of any networking like yep. these guys had. Yep. It was almost, it was, yeah, it's pretty, some of these guys are very dedicated and they they were music fans and they never played, but yeah. they also contributed in this other way, which is also massive.
0: Like a like a parallel kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: and you know, some people did fanzines and some people put on shows and some people fucking did all of it and then some people did tape trading, yeah. So yeah. everyone kind of, you know, pulled their weight in some way that contributed... It's not just the people playing the music, you know. Yeah. It's the Kind of music fans, all kind of contributing in some way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See. Yeah.
1: So that was kind of what got us around the world. And it was, I mean, I definitely didn't do any promotion. It's not like I'm a promo dude. I don't know. I'm not a fan of marketing really. Like I can knock up a flyer and. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not. I definitely didn't do any hectic promotion for anything. I think the internet. We maybe we had a MySpace page. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah uh, was it who released in italy what was the label uh it was a label called brutus records and they don't, they, you know i think they just popped up and did some stuff and then disappeared yeah. again um and that was that was really i don't know how many they made maybe 500 and they kept uh, it's, it was hard dealing with people overseas is hard oh, i can imagine yeah, yeah and especially sending stuff in the post and yeah not knowing if you can trust the people and they said stuff well oh, we sent stuff yeah it didn't arrive yeah. Oh, it must have been the mail Yeah, because it... Or did you just fucking rip us off?
0: Yeah, did you just keep the money? Yeah, Yeah.
1: so you'd... Yeah, that that old scenario again, but on a label thing. So, oh, we've pressed 500 and we're sending you 100 of them. Oh, they never showed up. Oh, really? We sent it? Yeah. Oh, So, yeah, it can be... Stalemate, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah, it can be a bit like that. And then this other dude in Germany pressed it on vinyl. It's actually mastered for CD, and I think it sounds... The vinyl's cooler because it's on vinyl, but... I actually think the cds what it was mastered for is actually the better format for it okay which is uncool but you know that's the way it was back it in those days yeah, yeah what was that late 90s or early 2000s or something yeah 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 yeah
0: so you're you're not doing a whole lot musically oh shit! Sure.
1: going back to the actual original question yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then then i moved to melbourne and, and started and, and those guys didn't and then there were guys there that were essentially were kind of like marching orders guys and we, yep. and we just up did it again yeah okay. and then we released another ep for nigel melder um, a second kind of... Uh, it's like a long EP CD kind of oh, thing. Oh, was
0: that on Trial and Error? Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: It was kind of weird seeing yourself in JB Hi-Fi and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, don't, I don't think that was going to be the biggest seller in the world for him. Um, it's a passion project for him. Yeah, mate's favour kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and then... So I do... So Bulldog Spirit plays maybe once or twice a year now. Just, uh, oh, you still play? Yeah, no, okay. no new songs as such, but just... Um, ...hopefully that when you play, like people go... ...like we got guys that come from Brisbane and Sydney and stuff that will, will come. Make a weekend of it. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully if you kind of leave it, it's just a kind of not a very... ...don't play all the time because you haven't got any new songs. So you play once a year or something that... Yep. ...it's a bit of a special event for anyone who gives a shit. But so we played recently, we played a Mickey Fitz fundraiser benefit thing... ...and that was really good. And then the other thing... Okay, so the question way back was what band, what are you doing now... So i'm doing this other band called the hard targets which is something kind of probably a little bit different again and it's with phil from marching orders and nigel from mind snare and um our original drummer was paul weller and that's his real name and he's actually a mod but it's yeah w-h-e-w-l-e-r He's born into it oh you cannot escape that yeah Yeah, (laughs) yeah so we're good friends from the scooter scene and that as well but um yeah we you get old and you have trouble getting together 'Cause people have got commitments with getting their kids on weekends and working yep. shift work and stuff. So Paul actually we end up um getting Gordy in because Paul couldn't kind of really make practices and stuff. Yeah. So Gordy from every band, Frenzel, Mindsnare, is, is drumming with us now. But uh, actually just before Gordy, when Paul was in the band, we released a seven inch in Europe on Contra. And um yeah, I I guess that band is more like like Oh, it's kind of hard to nail, but maybe like a late 70s proto punk, pub rock, pub kind of, it's kind of a bit angry like punk and maybe yeah. a bit more rock. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's going to like it, but uh, some people do, so that's good. Yeah. So we're just firing up now to write an album. So I think we've got tw- nine songs. So we're writing with Gordy. And so, that, yeah, we haven't been playing, but we're, we're going to release an album soon. Yeah, yeah. but everyone loves it everyone in the band loves it I don't know It's and that's all that matters like really yeah. at the end of the day like yeah, and we're all friends it's, yeah. it's super cool just to hang out with your friends and create something and there's, yeah. A, yeah, there's no drama or tension and stuff
0: yeah I mean so like looking probably way too far in the future yeah but like would you is there demand for it like from a from a euro label to release it or yeah, Nigel yeah contra, it.
1: contra yeah. for more stuff cool okay yeah, that's not so a bad thing yeah that's st- the kind of style of music we're doing is is really popular at the moment and i wouldn't say we're quite like what's popular but the bubblegum, uh the kind of glam boot boy stuff is is really quite big and we uh could probably easily get lumped in with that okay not, not that i'd say we want to be that or uh, but it's probably that's probably the closest thing going around so um, there's a bit of a demand out there for that style of music, the kind of proto-punk, Chiswick era kind of, I don't know, Eddie and the Hot Rods kind of stuff. I, I guess it's like if you crossed ACDC with the Sex Pistols or something, I don't know. Okay. That, I get, oh God, I'm going full circle again. Back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's all about. Like yeah. That's, at
0: the end of the day, you know, you you never lose that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I listen to music, so much music over the years, and yeah it's just end up you could do ska, you could do hardcore whatever because you got you love it all you know yeah, yeah. it's all ingrained. hopefully people kind of grow yeah 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 you know it was cool listening to dolan talk oh dude so like yeah all the funk and soul and stuff and shit that he's and rap and hip-hop and stuff yep. i mean there's another example of somebody who's just loved music all their life dude they've yeah. got to follow these paths yep and like a different i mean he, he was mr straight edge of australia you got no idea how kids would write to that guy and he would write to every single kid back pages like proper that's fucking unreal he was nuts like he was really there fuck strategy in Australia would be a really different place if he wasn't around he was yeah people really looked up to him and and stuff but there was so much but that's not all he was you know and that's not all he ever had in the future yeah you know he he loves that stuff and he knows it all at the back of his hand and collects it but he's also just hearing him talk about having all this passion for this other stuff um yeah i guess you you bring that passion to cross to other music that you listen to as well yeah get involved with and it's just funny you know hearing I I DJ and he djs and and, you know yeah Yeah. it's just it's cool to hear people um just kind of follow their own paths with the music thing i think it's very easy to get caught up in subcultures and genres and you know i've got to listen to this and that's it
0: yeah follow the framework that's already there yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, i'm a punk so I listen to this and uh, i can't listen to that yeah no just follow your nose yeah it's, yeah is ears, is ears. Ears, yeah. all your senses yeah yeah, yeah. whatever it takes yeah that's right yeah
0: so what song defines Doug Smith in 2018 is
1: gonna sound really freaking egotistical laid on me well I wrote this hard targets is this song um, called nothing left to prove okay and I think you get and really it's written from my perspective as a guy and I just turned 46 yep So I was probably, this might be a couple of years old now when we recorded it, but essentially it's a guy who's in his 40s just kind of looking back. Yep. And, um, you know, I think it actually, if I wrote it, it sums up where I'm at now probably more than anyone else can sum up where I'm at now. Yeah. So the the intention isn't really to kind of do some mad marketing and promo on the sly. But you're going to drop it anyhow. Well, it's just that I actually wrote it for this purpose as to a song which actually says where I am now and I mean, I guess I couldn't really rely on any other song to say it that I could think of. Hey, yeah. that's like, oh, I love that's fantastic because
0: it's like, it's not using someone else's art yeah. to go, yeah, I agree, that's me too. It's like, no, no, this is me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is me. Yeah. Here it is. In yeah. 3D
1: surround sound. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. Crack it. Doug Smith, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Joel. It's been unreal. a pleasure. Hey!
0: enjoyable, thank you for Doug for hanging out, having a chat, Uh, really enjoyed that, thank you for listening, Um, thank you for Nicole and Cody for allowing me to spend a bit of time away from them to get these episodes every once in a while, every month, two months this month, Um, and because I'm not busy enough, I'm actually in the... Early, 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 early stages of starting a second podcast with a good friend, but I won't give too much away. But um, yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to do this once a month because it's, because if I do the other one, then that will kind of be that will fill my quota for a, quite a while. Yeah, but um, anyhow, we'll see what happens. Cool. Um, yeah, stay gold, stay cold, and we'll. Yeah Another episode In you know, about a fortnight kill
3: Everybody wants A box of chocolates In the long stem rolls Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows You've been discreet But there were so many people You just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows knows. That's how it goes dead, but there's gonna be a meter on your bed that will disclose.